You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, Cowboys Nation. It's a Thursday, and you know what that means. It's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man, Tom Ryle. Follow him at Tom Ryle BTB on the Twitter. And your boy, R-Dub3 Roy White here holding it down for you. Now, we got a very interesting podcast for you today as we are getting into some of the topics that have been discussed on the other podcasts here this week. And uh, for those that don't know, we're doing a special week-long podcasting of the five best plays regarding several different Dallas Cowboys. We've already got three episodes up, Tom, including the guys over at Talking the Star talking about Dak Prescott's best five plays as a Cowboy, and I'll bet that, that one ton of fun to listen to. RJ and Tony Casillas, of course, the uh, Cowboys legend, talking about the best moments of Amari Cooper's career thus far. And the Jersey Boys already got into the best moment from Ezekiel Elliott's career. Tomorrow, the girls on Girls Talking Boys will be discussing the best moments from Demarcus Lawrence's career. So make sure you check out that podcast as well. But Tom and I decided to take a little bit of a different approach, a little bit of an unusual approach. Because this is probably not the name Cowboys fans might have come up with to pair and to join the other names that I just mentioned, but it's one that Tom and I both felt was worthy of discussing. And come to find, actually, he did, in fact, have five terrific plays and, and maybe a few more that we left on the cutting floor. And he's a, someone I consider a little bit of an unsung hero from last season a year when there weren't many heroes at all. Uh, and that's Dalton Schultz, the tight end who came in when Blake Jarwin went down and turned out not just to be adequate. He looked like he might be one of the, the you know, in the upper half of tight ends in the league based on his performance last year, especially when you consider that he was going through the whole nightmare at quarterback and busted up offensive line and everything that the Cowboys dealt with. And I just felt like he needed some props. And besides which, I always like to find something a little bit different to go with rather than the known superstar players. Let's point out a guy who may not be a superstar, but last year he's shown at times. And I just wanted to touch on that. Before we get into the best plays, and Tom, in fact, has already got you started, go check out his article on bloggingtheboys.com. Great insight there as he walks you through those moments in, in Dalton's career. But I first want to actually touch on the fact of what you were feeling when Blake Jarwin went down in the season opener with a torn ACL. Because I'll be honest with you, I had little to no expectations 
of Dalton Schultz's ability to replace Blake Jarwin in the offense. And that's not even saying that I had extremely high expectations for Blake Jarwin. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I expected it was kind of going to be, well, we're going to see a lot of wide receivers and the tight end is going to be an afterthought. But in a couple of games, he had major roles and just looked very good at uh, throughout the season, he kind of had little flashes in just about every game. And as we mentioned when we were talking this up, he also, something that showed up throughout these was that he was good at getting yards after the catch. And we had become so accustomed to Jason Witten, legend though he may be, he'd reached a point in his career where his yards after the catch were the two yards he got falling down after he caught the ball. He just very seldom could turn and do anything because his, his wheels just were so rusty. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised when I looked back and, and saw that Schultz got over 600 yards receiving in on a team that had three high powered ride receivers sucking up so many of the catches and the targets. So I thought that was in and of itself that he was able to provide a, a, a pretty significant contribution from a position the Cowboys weren't going to be looking for for 1,000 yards or anything like that. He basically held up his end of the bargain quite well, which was a reason why he came to mind for me, just you know, someone that most people weren't going to look at, and we're going to shine the light on it just because we are who we are. Well, no question about it, and I think you picked a good one. 63 catches last season. Um, you know, that, has him, that had him in the top, top 10 tight ends of the 2020 season. And so, for me, uh, that, was, that was a very impressive performance from him, and who knows what we can expect this year with both he and Blake Jarwin out there together. But without any further ado, Tom, let's get right to it. I'll let you start and take us through. Now, we did not rank these moments one through five. So it is up to you, good viewer, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, at Blogging the Boys on Twitter, you can also reach Tom or myself directly and let us know what you think. Uh, the top five plays are in any order, but uh, we wanted to go chronologically as the season went on for, I think, reasons that will become clear when we go through them. Yeah. Well, the first one that I found was in week two, which was his first start. Uh, he'd only had one catch in the first game uh, when, when Jarwin went out because, you know, had to throw him in and that's kind of understandable. They didn't really have him in the game plan because he wasn't planned to be in the game that much. But against the Atlanta Falcons, he's now the starter. And uh, early in the game, uh, you know, with most of the first quarter left, left to go, uh, Dak Prescott found him on a first and 10 pass uh, from their own 13, and he got a 15-yard gain out of it, set up a first down, got him out of the, the kind of hole uh, that they were in. But the important thing was that uh, – Prescott and him had, had, had misconnected the first time that Dak looked his way. Well, after he caught that first one, Prescott targeted him nine more times, and Schultz caught all nine of them for 88 yards. That says to me that that was the beginning of some trust and chemistry between the two that, sadly enough, that didn't get to carry on since Prescott would go down with his own injury. But maybe we'll see that pick up here out in Oxnard. 
which I don't know if I've ever mentioned it, but I'm going to be going for a while. And uh, so that that's something that I think is can be built. And it's great that, that Dak now has that comfort level with him. Uh, you know, so you've got Dak out there with a whole bunch of offensive weapons that he feels very comfortable with. And now, now we've got Dalton Schultz as, as part of that mix, and I think that can only lead to good things. Well, that chemistry aspect of it, you, you know, you point to that, but, you know, it could probably be made of a case that Dalton Schultz has developed more chemistry than Blake Jarwin has with Dak Prescott. Now, I know yeah. – that obviously in his career, you know, Blake's re- had more receptions from Dak than has Dalton. But in one season last year, Dalton Schultz had more catches than Blake Jarwin has had in his three-year career as a Dallas Cowboy. So yeah. that trust factor that exists between Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz and I think was on display in that Atlanta game, that will become a more valuable piece in my opinion, in the 2021 season. And I don't think people should sleep on da- Dalton Schultz's, you know, ability to have an impact in, on this season. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, we'd li- I'd like to do an over-under with him at some point this year because yeah. 50 catches, does that still seem out of the equation, even with a healthy Blake Jarwin in the mix? I don't think so. I, I well, would- we don't even – we can't say with any certainty who is the real leader in the clubhouse – to be the starting tight end. Um, I think that's one they're going to have to look long and hard at in camp. And I'm hoping they are going into this one with an open mind, uh, just because Schultz showed a lot more than you, me, and probably anybody else expected, uh, getting thrown into the fire like that. And as I said, with all the other chaos that was going around him on the offense as the season progressed, progressed, that just that should have impressed the coaching staff, and they should be really paying attention to that. Well, that was a play that caught my eye, no question about it, and a lot of Cowboys fans out there. A 15-yard scamper on his first catch of the 2021 season and, you know, an indication of what else would be to come later in that game and later that year. Yeah. Well, and as you since you mentioned it, the, the second play that uh, – wound up on the list uh, in, in my article was his last catch of that game. Uh, because you remember Dallas was in a 15 point hole and it looked like it was all over. It was going to be an and two start and the Cowboys were still trying hard, you know, cause when Dak Prescott's out there, he never gives up. He's going to always try to get down and get points as quick as he can. And with uh, just under five minutes left, uh, they were on the 10-yard line, and Prescott found Schultz for his first touchdown of the season, which was the start of that wild finish to that mm-hmm. game that wound up with the watermelon kick because they, they had to get that touchdown, then they had to get another touchdown, and then they had to pull off the onside's kick. But Schultz lit the fuse, so to speak, and – you know, admittedly, it was, you know, Dak Prescott did a brilliant job in getting him there, but Schultz had that key role, and that was the first big game deciding or that had a strong influence on the outcome of the game play that he had all year, as well as being that initial touchdown. So I thought that was worth 
bringing up, uh, and and that was one game, one play that just stood out to me, just because of the circumstances surrounding me, surrounding it as much as the actual play itself, which was still a very good play. Yeah, and to describe that play a little bit for those that don't remember, uh, a little bit of a deep crosser for um, for. Uh, Schultz going right to left. He ran between the middle linebacker and then wound up catching the safety who was near him as well when he caught the touchdown over his left shoulder. So really being defended by two guys in that moment when he, you know, when Dak Prescott made the pass to him and he collected it with ease. And as you mentioned, started the incredible comeback that ultimately I, I hope we still remember and I think we will because of the watermelon kick but it you know didn't uh gave us a lot more hope at that time than we wound up having as the season went on for sure yeah well the next play was a couple weeks later uh they had the Cleveland Browns in town now this was one of the first games where the uh Dallas defense just blew it for them but the offense was fighting hard, and, and Schultz, again, was part, a part of it. And, again, Dallas was trying to make a comeback in the fourth quarter. Um, there was uh, about six and a half minutes left, and Dallas was down 41 to 22. Um, and Prescott found uh, Schultz over the middle for a 26-yard score. Now, it wasn't just that it was a touchdown. It's that this was exactly what people thought Blake Jarwin was going to bring to the offense, that ability to go, go down the seam and get the ball and score with it, uh, you know, because he was able to, to get down the field better than most tight ends. And here Schultz was doing exactly what they wanted. He was between two defenders at the four. He, he got hit. And then he just wouldn't go down and and fought his way into the end zone. And that is, you know, that was good, gritty, hard-nosed play, which you saw again and again from him. Yeah, and on that play, caught the ball with his back, you know, going forward, right, facing back towards Dak Prescott, wound up getting spun around by the hit. He still was able to turn himself, charge forward, and as you mentioned, charge through those defenders. And, you know, he wound up standing up in the end zone. It wasn't like he had to crawl over them to get get to it. <laughs> uh, he wound up standing in the end zone as a result. So he was standing tall. And another moment where the linkage between he and Dak that we got to see in those early games. And, you know, when you really take a look at it, and you take a look at the games that Dalton and, and Dak had a chance to play together in, there, there was a lot of action going on between those two. Not that he didn't get plenty as the season went on and, you know, Andy Dalton ended up taking, taking care of things. But Dalton Schultz made his presence felt and certainly early on made his presence felt in that, uh, in that Cleveland game. I did want to mention another play from that game, and I know that it wasn't a part of our top five, but it was a play that caught my eye because of the athleticism that Schultz showcased on the play. Second and five from their own 37-yard line, Dak Prescott throws a crosser to Schultz as he's working towards the sidelines, caught it in the air with a defender on his back, still had the presence of mind, still had the awareness to get his right foot and then his left foot down as he was falling to the ground, right? Didn't have another, didn't have another step in him. Uh, and was still able to secure the catch and keep his feet in bounds. It wasn't a classic toe tap, 
You know, it wasn't a full speed, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, Devontae Adams toe tap. But it was an impressive toe tap to me for a guy the size of Dalton Schultz. Yeah, it brings out the fact that he's a, an excellent combination of being very strong, very tough, hard to bring down, and yet he's got some very good athletic ability as a receiver. Uh, that's a great combination to have in a tight end. And uh, as I included in my article, he also, when he didn't have the ball in his hands, he was occasionally doing some very good things blocking downfield for the other other ball carriers or receivers and uh it's just you know he he seems to be a much more complete package than anyone imagined i think people kind of thought that maybe he would be a blocking tight end when with jarwin was on the field and he just turned out to be able to do it all yeah and i barely thought he was going to be that i'll be honest i you know within up until probably the beginning of last season i thought you know should they get some more depth in here and find a guy who can develop into something because Dalton Schultz is not seemingly so. And then he gets an opportunity and does what he did a season ago to where now I think, did we overpay for Blake Jarwin and might he be gone <laughs> in a year's time considering the three year, $22 million contract that he just got. We'll have yeah. to see on that front. Yep. Uh, play number Three or play number four on this one yep. as we are going officially hey. through the top five moments of Cowboys yeah. tight end Dalton Schultz's career, all taking place in 2020, by the way. Uh, for, yeah, for Tom which was, yeah, which was just <laughs> the circumstances. His first two seasons with the Cowboys, there just wasn't enough there. And then all of a sudden, he had the season. So the top five plays for him were his first real year as an integral part of the offense. And that's just how it worked out. We weren't trying to single out 2020. That just was where the meat of his work happened to be. Uh, now, the next one, it was in week 11 uh, at the Minnesota Vikings. And I hate to bring up the, old, the bad memories, but at this point, the Cowboys had gone through the nightmare at backup quarterback with Andy Dalton coming in. Then he gets a concussion. We suffered through the Ben DiNucci game. Uh, we got a little bit of hope from Garrett Gilbert, but he wasn't quite able to uh, pull it out against the Steelers. And then they went back with Dalton uh, and he was still struggling to get on track. Just wasn't going well. So they're sitting at two and seven. It's coming out of the bye, and the Cowboys have to get something going uh, if they're going to have, you know, any hope of at least uh, just having a measure of self-respect coming out of it. Hmm. Uh, now, the Cowboys, again, were down in the fourth quarter, but this time it wasn't this horrible hole. They were just down by uh, 28 to 24. And with the game on the line, Andy Dalton had let them down to the Minnesota four. They got a first down there. Two plays, they only got two yards, basically on an Ezekiel Elliott run. So at third and two, they needed to score a touchdown. They couldn't settle for a field goal. There wasn't enough time for that. And Schultz got free. It just was a, a, great, as a great play call, as you mentioned, uh, as much as it was anything special Schultz did. But it was his reaction when he got open and Dalton found him for the go-ahead and ultimately the winning touchdown. When on-field Mike picked up, if you, were listen, if you listen closely to the replay, 
uh, and I think I, I've got it in my article. You don't have to listen that shout, close. Yeah, he shouts out an enthusiastic LFG. <laughs> Only he didn't use the initials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was it it was just a sign of that competitive fire and and that something that every team needs from not just you know the leader in the locker room or that stuff. You need some of that bubbling up from a lot of people, and and Schultz showed in that moment how much he really belongs on an NFL roster, at least in my humble opinion. And I know that that you were the one that pointed that out, and you you found that was kind of significant. Well, and I I mean in terms of signif- significance, right? Like I don't want to over overdo it too much, but I just enjoy seeing that fire. And of course, if you're going to get a LFG on national television, on a hot microphone, and that's going to come through as cleanly as it did, I'm going to have a laugh about it, and I'm going to give you props because I remember that day, that was one that was immediately videoed and shared uh, on social media. And I'll bet if you went back and looked at that day or you looked for, you know, and you searched LFG on Twitter, you could probably find somebody who captured that video and, and included it in the article if, uh, if you do wind up doing that because that – that's one that, uh, that you should go back and watch. If you don't remember, Cowboys fans, just go back and watch. Dalton Schultz tied it and touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings, and you will be able to hear it as long as you are not um, hard of hearing. Or, or you can just check my article out because I've got it embedded. That's my man. See, Tom's always taking care of y'all. He's already doing it before I can suggest it, and he's too polite to stop me down as I'm doing all that and wasting I'd his time. I'd never stomp on you, brother telling him to do something that he's already taken care of. So four plays in the books, right? Uh, A couple of touchdowns involved in there. And we got one more for you that I think uh, Tom has as our number five, Dalton Schultz. And this was, this was, this was, uh, this was another touchdown, which, you know, a lot of highlights do our touchdowns, but it's week 15 against the San Francisco 49ers and the Cowboys were on their only roll of the season when they had their three-game winning streak before they, it all disappeared in a cloud of tears in games in the final game, uh, in game 16. But uh, the game was tied at 17-all in the third quarter, and they got down to uh, the 49ers 13. Again, Andy Dalton is in at quarterback. And uh, Doing work. Was, that was a barn uh, burner. Yeah, and at uh, – it was probably the most impressive win they had all year, to tell you the truth. Well, that was and, the defense gets, what, four turnovers? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and that, we hope, hope that trend continues into this year. But I digress. Amen. Uh, it, was, it was a first down at the 13, and uh, Andy Dalton found Schultz at the 9. Now, Richard Sherman was coming at him hard, and Schultz just ducked kind of under him and, and got loose and got to the first down sticks, which was good, and two defenders met him there. Well, yeah, that didn't stop him. He just kind of blasted his way through them and got into the end zone uh, and gave the Cowboys a lead, and they never trailed again the rest of that, that game. And it was one game where they actually built up a big lead in the fourth and were able to just hold the 49ers at arm's length and not, it was really not in doubt much from uh, the point that they, they got a, got that lead. Uh, they didn't get tied one time. 
time, but they right just came right back and took the lead back again. So mm-hmm. um, it was it was uh, just a, a, another good play when he made a, a key contribution, and again he showed that ability to to stay upright after contact and to gain some more yards, and and that is invaluable uh, when you've got when you're using your tight end correctly. Uh, I just think. He's got a lot of potential, and you know maybe he and Jarwin are going to be you know closer to tight a tight end one a and one b, uh, which would be good for the team. Uh, you know, just to have have two guys you can throw out there, and the fact that one or the other is out there doesn't tip whether it's going to be a run or a pass play because they're both hopefully going to be equally effective catching the ball and providing some blocking when they want to hand it off. Yeah. Well, it was this play that um, really, you know, if, if Chris Berman were doing the highlights and doing the recap of it, he'd hit you with a what? Because really Richard Sherman had the opportunity and was square to Dalton Schultz who had caught the ball. And, you know, as he caught it, right, he's turning up the field and he's drifting towards the sidelines. Well, he was able to kind of put the brakes on as Sherman made his move. And in doing so, as you mentioned, kind of sidestepped Richard Sherman, then continued towards the goal line, had a defender, the linebacker, wound up catching him from behind and working on his back as he got to the line of scrimmage. And that's where he bowled the two defenders over, got into the end zone. And yes, another touchdown play. I didn't want to spend too much time on just touchdown, 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 because those aren't necessarily representations of the best plays of an individual's career, right? Especially when, you know, they're of the two or three yard variety, right? The Vikings play, for example, was not one of the, top 15 catches of Dalton Schultz's season in 2020. Having said that, they do come at big times. This one happened to come at a big time. And this was one of the more athletic plays he made uh, throughout the year. There were probably maybe five or six times where he was able to evade or elude a cornerback, a smaller defender, where it wasn't just a Jason Witten and not to disparage the all-time great, but it wasn't a Jason Witten, put your head down and see if you can run through the guy or get an extra yard after contact. It was a, I might run around you and I might get, you know, six or seven as I get to the next level. So uh, he did it against the Giants. Uh, He did it against the Eagles. So that was really great to see. And I think we will continue to see that here in, in 21, 21. Were there any other plays that stood out to you in regards to Dalton Schultz's season that you didn't have an opportunity to get into your article? Uh, no, I, uh, uh, I don't have any that particularly come to mind uh, because he just had a lot of very efficient plays, uh, very solid contributions, like you said. I did want to add that I, I did pull up that replay of uh, Sherman, and it's, it's like you don't often see Sherman just really squared up on somebody yes. and then just get, just get shucked off. Yes, I mean, like he that. squared him up, and, and honestly, he almost missed. Like, yeah, he, he had almost one hand Dalton on him, really. Entirely. Yeah, it was uh, – that, that to me – if we didn't rank these in, you know, best to worst, but 
if you were just looking at the quality of the play, that may have been the best play that uh, uh, Schultz had all season long uh, because yeah. it was going uh, a near legendary player uh, and just made the guy look a little bit foolish at that moment. Yeah, I would agree. That probably was the best play that, uh, that we got to take a look at. There was one more that I considered um, because it was kind of deep down the field and because of the hit that he took. Of all the plays that I watched, it was the – it was the highest impact he took as fast as he made the catch. And it was against the Eagles. Um, it was a crosser over the middle. And right as he caught the ball, he got stuck and kind of taken out um, and in the lower half by the, Eagles, by the Eagles' safety. And that one, to me, because in the moment when you watch the replay, he catches it away from his body. So many players – in that scenario, especially when they're about to take a hit, right? They're already, they're pre-tensing, right? They're, they're tensing their bodies up ahead of time. And in doing so, that brings their arms in. And that probably means the, they're waiting to trap the ball against their chest or trap the ball against their body. But what stuck out to me is that he caught it away from his body. And then within that minuscule time was able to secure it before he took the shot that, uh, you know, probably left a pretty nasty bruise the following day because he got up after that play kind of limping, but given a, a head nod to his teammates, like, yeah, I'm good. We're good. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this is kind of the, uh, the emergence of a guy that's going to have a major role for the Cowboys for a few more seasons. Um, it'll be interesting to, to look back on in a, in a, a couple, three years, perhaps, and see see how it turns out. Uh, but I think the Cowboys may, if there was one kind of good thing to come out of 2020, I think it was the fact that they discovered they had something at tight end that that nobody realized that what they had. Well, no one realized they had after Blake Jarwin went down. That's for sure. And now the very interesting question becomes. Does Blake Jarwin become a casualty next season if the Cowboys decide they want to keep Dalton Schultz around? Because Dalton Schultz, of course, due to become a free agent in 2022. So if anything happens on that front, of course, we'll keep you posted here at Bogging the Boys. Let us know what you think his top five plays were. Uh, don't take our word for it. Uh, give us your thoughts and let us know your opinions about what you think his expectations should be for the 2021 season. 63 catches, maybe not that high, but uh, I think we're in the 50 range, Tom, and we may have to have an, a conversation regarding the over-unders on that front. Anything else you'd like to add to the people before I let you go? Uh, no, this was, uh, this was one podcast that I had to put in some serious work getting ready for. Uh, so I've been so focused on that. That's about all I had room for in my little head today. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm right there with you. I got a lot of Dalton Schultz film in my brain rattling around. So uh, please come talk to me about the man's 2020 season and his 2021 prospects. Uh, hit Tom up at Tom Ryle BTB on Twitter. You can hit me up at RW3 on Twitter as well. And make sure you check out all the fantastic work at bloggingtheboys.com powered by SB Nation. This has been Riled Up on the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see you next Thursday.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 